practice associated with science, chemistry, physics, astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, meteorology, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic. Dear listeners, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Truth. This is your host, uh, Nasr Khatib, and uh, we also have our other two co hosts, uh, Anara Zaid. Anara, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, that's good. And uh, also, Amr uh, Sari. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum, how are you, brother? Alhamdulillah, good. How are you, bro? I'm not too bad. How, what's it like being a superstar? Alhamdulillah. Nasr was on the news this week. Well, it wasn't really me, I was just speaking for the Mufti, so. It's not like... Um, the new KT. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> yes. Anyways. Um, so, uh, this is going to be a special show, inshallah. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about an issue that's very current, uh, an issue that's uh, divided a lot of people. Raised a lot of emotion and tension within the community. Yes. And uh, that's really the, the biggest problem, the division that it's been making between mm. in the Muslims, uh, the com- Muslim community, and also between Muslims and non-Muslims. Uh, so... We're we're going to try and tackle it in as um, organized fashion, organized, uh, sensitive fashion as we can, inshallah. And hopefully neutral, though I'm sure many of our more um, exciting listeners will disagree with us. We'll do our best to enlighten our listeners inshallah. as best we can, inshallah. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, if you've been living under the under a rock and you don't know what's happening, actually, I had a friend of mine uh, telling me this that he. Uh, was telling his friend, you know, did you know about the rights? And his friend's like, what rights? <laughs> like, you know, because of that movie. Like, what movie? He's just, I mean, there are people in Sydney right now who don't know anything that's been happening. What a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> Inshallah, we are the weirdos and nobody else notices these things. Yeah, not that big a deal. Actually. Anyways, um, so here's a brief summary of what's been happening um, and what we'll be talking about tonight. In about mid-September, protests erupted in the Middle East over a trailer for a film called The Innocence of Muslims which insults the Prophet Muhammad in very explicit terms. So this was a very um, very strange occurrence. Usually when, when mm-hmm. things like that happen, if it's a cartoon or if it's a documentary, whatever it is, right, they advertise for it. It's clear who did it. Mm. But when this happened, it had such shadowy sources that you didn't know what, what was happening. The maker of the film uh, claimed to be, or he yeah, claimed to be an Israeli Jew and that he was funded by 100 uh, Jews, which sounded very funny and also very uh, cartoonish, almost. Uh, then it turns out that he was a Coptic Egyptian who had previously been jailed for fraud. It appears that although there was uh, no film f- uh, made fully, it was just a trailer. Immediately after the controversy, the cast claimed to have not been made aware of the nature of the film, and it's clear that their lines have been dubbed. So they didn't know it was about the prophet? No, apparently they uh, thought the, the movie was called Desert Times or something. Desert or Warrior. Desert Warrior, <laughs> and they didn't have any names of the prophet or anything like that. Yeah. The, the names were all different. Like I think they dubbed the names over yeah. the original yeah. tracks. Yeah, there was a lot of things as well that mm. uh, dubbed uh, things. I actually have not watched the movie, so... No, me neither. Have you? Um, and I haven't, I haven't uh, watched it. I probably wouldn't want to watch it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. I, don't know, I wouldn't watch it. No. I can yeah. understand at the start when people didn't really know what yeah. was in it. But considering we all know what's in it, I just don't see the point of watching it. I actually watched the first maybe three, four minutes of it, and it was just about apparently like Islamic Brotherhood people attacking uh, Copts. Oh. And, you know, it, it shows one guy um, who's a priest, who's like a really nice guy, sh- shouting to his uh, daughter, 
uh, in their house or wife or something. It's like, oh, hide yourself. <laughs> the Muslims are coming and there's the adhan in the background. And then the Muslims come and they have fake beards and they're running into the camera and then it shows the girl falling and dying. Uh, just like the girl at the end of Batman died. It was a very fake death. Anyways, it's like very, very B-grade movie. But after, other than that, I just thought like I probably should stop watching it before I watch something that actually is quite <laughs> offensive. Yeah. Uh, more offensive than the quality of that movie. Um, so, subhanAllah, this movie had been uh, around since... The trailer. The, the trailer had been around on YouTube since July. But it wasn't really the trailer itself that caused so much trouble. It was this, somebody took the time to dub the whole thing in Arabic. Mm. Uh, was it Arabic subtitles or dubbing, dubbing in Arabic? I'm not sure, actually. I think okay. it was subtitles, but it might have been dubbed into Arabic. Anyways, it, it was made accessible uh, to those who speak Arabic and know English. So that and this was, was done in early September. In early September. So then by the time of September 11th, protests erupted in Egypt and Libya. It's claimed that the video and the protests were used as a mask for a pre-planned attack on the consulate in Benghazi where four people were killed, including the ambassador to Libya. Uh, in the U.S., uh, the White House took the unprecedented step of asking the video to be removed, but Google refused. Uh, and to date, actually, the video has been uh, viewed more than 10 million times. That's more than Justin Bieber's. Bieber. <laughs> Solid. Okay. Yeah. What Google the did do? Yeah, what Google did do is they they did actually remove it some from some countries. Yeah. Where it violated local laws, but they haven't actually removed it in general. Yeah. Mm. But apparently, it was a really big thing that. Um, the White House actually asked for it to be removed at all, which has actually sparked a lot of debate in America mm. about whether the White House should be allowed to ask um, Google to remove content. I think the, uh, even the uh, American Council for Civil, Liber Civil Liberties, the ACLU, uh, got involved in saying exactly what you just mentioned, yeah. that uh, should the White House be really giving direction to a private organization mm. about uh, the content? Well, uh, at the end of the day, uh, YouTube and Google refused to close it down. Yeah. Uh, so that's um, that's an issue to discuss another time. Um, anyways, um, there's actually a very interesting um, point here uh, that when when the uh, attacks were happening or when the protests were happening in uh, uh, Libya uh, and when the ambassador died as well, there was a picture of men carrying a bloodied man, and everyone thought that it was the ambassador because for I think 12 hours the the you know, the U.S. didn't know where the ambassador was, and this was something yeah. that was very worrying for them as well. Uh, and so a lot of people thought they would actually, they were carrying him to, you know, celebrate his death and, you know, killing his body and things like that. Uh, desecrating it, his body. Sorry, desecrating his body. It turns out that they actually were taking him to the hospital, and they had taken him to the hospital, but, you know, he succumbed to his wounds. So uh, that, again, was a very interesting thing. Mm. Um, then after that, um, at the, as the protests um, spread around the world, it was very freaky for us because it was just a matter of you know waiting for it to happen in Sydney. How is it going to happen in Sydney and how is it going to affect the rest of the Muslims? A text message was circulated in Sydney on last uh, Friday night, which said, actually it was uh, it's circulating uh, earlier than that. I remember I got a message on Facebook. Uh, through one of my contacts that said the same thing. I think Amir should read out this message because he does it really, really well. Oh, okay. I will. Okay. Uh, one Come on, second. put Let the emotion just, into it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a bit of uh, emotion into it. Because it's got a lot of exclamation marks, which it's, I think does, he really it, conveys it well over radio. Have a lot of exclamation marks. So the SMS read, they have mocked him in pictures and now mocking him in a movie. He's Messenger of Allah. SWT! Exclamation point. Where is the Ummah? Exclamation point. Why are we allowing this? Exclamation points. Um, and then it goes on to say, um, why are we silenced? No, I will not accept this. We must defend his honor. 
protest your love for Rasulullah. Tomorrow gives the date and the location. 1 p.m. We must act now! Exclamation point. Yeah, a lot of uh, a <laughs> lot of importance placed on the message Absolutely. to uh, get um, people down there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's that. What that's what that message said. Um, I used to go to rallies. I don't really go to rallies much. The only time I would go to rallies is to take pictures. And I didn't think that going to th- this rally would convey, um, you know, what I was feeling. I didn't think it had much of a, um, an, an effect. So, you know, I didn't I go. just felt like it would go bad. I really did. When, it, you know, when people were starting to talk about it, I personally have nothing against people protesting peacefully even if I really disagree with the message. And I didn't necessarily disagree with this, though I didn't quite understand what protesting would achieve. But I really did feel like it wasn't going to end well. I actually, um, the thing is, I mean, messages like that that go viral didn't actually say anything violent. I mean, the tone of it was quite uh, intense. but No, but people were already very tense and inflamed yeah, very upset. by the issue. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so what happened after that? The text message was sent to hundreds of phones from a single computer. To date, no group has claimed responsibility publicly for organizing the event. Uh, anyways, what happened was on Saturday between 300 and 500 protesters gathered in the city. Uh, many were women and children. However, tension became quickly inflamed. Actually, I should mention here that a lot of the people that went did not go for violence because Absolutely. I know a lot of people that went there and they weren't really mm. violence well, uh, the police inclined said people. There were about 400 people of that about 40 became violent which is 0.01% of the Muslim community of Australia. Yeah. So mm. it's uh, quite a small um well you know comparatively it is look it's 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 a good rally. Yeah. And the fact that it uh, you know went into violence is not part of that. Mm. Um, yeah, so t- tensions quickly became inflamed, possibly exas- oh, I like that word. exacerbated. Exacerb- <laughs> yeah, that made worse by the huge police response. Signs with violent and offensive messages were held, which have been spread by may, anti. May have been spread. May which have which may have been spread by an anti-Islamic group. This is unconfirmed, though. So again, the messages were behead those who insult, insult, insult prophet, prophet, and this was the same and uh, sort of this coptics. Coptic, was it Coptic Coptics? Yes, with a lovely picture of a Coptic leader's head in a toilet. Oh, okay. I, I missed that one. Mm. Yeah, I didn't mm. see that one either. But uh, the behead those who insult the Prophet was also shown by, I think, the Muhajirun or Sharia for UK or something like that group in the US after the cartoons, uh, the caricatures in, in Denmark happened as well. Mm. Exactly the same message. So I thought it was very interesting that it would you know, happen here as well. Was this pre-planned was it just two people who had exactly the same idea we should behead these people well apparently it was maybe the power of social media mm. just uh, crossing borders but apparently an anti-islamic group has claimed responsibility for these signs in i've seen the um comment exchange where this supposedly occurs and they don't actually explicitly say we were there and we handed them out though they do make attempts to claim responsibility however this is not necessarily proof because of course it would be you know um, a bonus for them to claim this so you, i really don't think we should be taking them at face value at this stage um taking the at face value the fact that it may have been other groups seeking to... No, no, to that's fine. But to say it definitely was them, oh, okay. I don't yeah. think we should be taking that yeah, as it's, proof. It's not proven, and yeah, exactly, we shouldn't. But again, I mean, these things were mentioned over and over in the in the media and the pictures of the Absolutely. lady taking a picture yeah, of the... Yeah, the pictures are very kid. iconic. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the problem with these, with these um, protests, I mean, uh, with the problem with the violence in these protests, um, it was quite... Photogenic? It was quite photogenic. Yes. It was exactly what you'd like to see in a violent protest. 
just the craziest thing. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. Especially the picture of the lady with her son. And the really sad thing about that is apparently she doesn't read English very well. She's only arrived in Australia two years ago, but she recognized the word profit on the sign and so assumed it was something positive, is what she has told the police. And later it was released for it because she handed herself into the police. Um, and so okay. she said she recognised the word profit and so didn't realise what the sign actually meant so when she took a picture of her son holding it. That's a uh, mm. very unfortunate set of events, subhanAllah. Mm. Um, anyway, so the police have stated that about 40 people became violent. That's 40 people out of three to 500 people, which mm-hmm. again is a minority within a minority. Um, attempting, these people were attempting to king hit police, smashing police car windows and throwing bottles. Allegations of police violence are also un- under investigations. Uh, six police officers and two protesters were hospitalized fo- uh, following the protesters. Nine people have been charged over the event so far. So again, this is something that we can't ignore the fact that it is possible and many have claimed, Muslims and non-Muslims who were at the protest, that uh, the police were quite aggressive uh, and they they were pivotal in the violence yeah uh, instigating the violence in the in the in the protests yeah. i think it's really hard at this stage because lots of people are saying i knew someone there and they said this and then other people are saying well i knew someone there and they said this and having completely opposite stories and it's very possible both of those people were true so people in one section of the crowd could have had a totally peaceful time people in another section of the crowd could have seen viol- violence instigated by the police and people in another section of the crowd could have seen violence instigated by the protesters so i think it's really hard at this stage to try and actually ascertain the facts of what actually happened and i don't think this is something we should we personally should be really attempting to do because i know it's being attempted by the police through their investigation um and also probably through you know more uh sophisticated islamic groups as well yeah inshallah uh, so what happened after that is, as expected, of course, um, a lot of the blame was uh, shifted to Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then uh, the same sort of uh, cycle started to happen. And that's really what's most stressful to me personally about it uh, and to a lot, of, a lot of our listeners as well is the fact that it happens. You've seen it. You just you know woke up in the morning or you saw it in the news or something and you just knew this was going to come back and, and bite you. And uh, but I think the the thing is that what Muslims don't realize is because Australia is quite a segregated society in that people live in different cultural pockets. Having come from the northern beaches, I know for my family, they don't see much of Muslims ever because they have no like they don't go to Lakemba or Bankstown because they Why? have no reason don't, to. Doesn't the GPS uh, tell them <laughs> it, st- it stops? It stops at the bridge. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, they have no reason to go. Exactly, yeah. and so they must get like a disclaimer on the GPS. Are you sure you really want to go into these areas? <laughs> yeah. and they have to click confirm on the GPS. But also, yeah. Muslims themselves don't go to the northern beaches, and it's not you know I think something sinister or it's not exactly apartheid it's just there's no practical reason for each other to go there probably in a few generations people will be a bit more spread out as happened with italian communities but the point is that for people living in areas such as the northern beaches who don't see muslims this is all they see Mm. so if the muslims are not in the news in australia at all ever and then all of a sudden they're in the news for all the wrong reasons this is the 100 percent representation of muslims in australia that people in these areas rightly or wrongly, will receive. Inshallah, yeah. Uh, Probably closer to wrongly. What happened afterwards is the Muslim community, um, for the first time in a very long time actually, were united in their response. The response was quite controversial because a lot of people were not happy with it and they Mm. saw it as 
um, apologizing, yeah. uh, condemning to too quickly, um, you know, um, acting in a very apologetic way. Um, so here is just uh, a little snippet of what happened in the conference. This is uh, Samir Dandan, president of the LMA. Condemning in unequivocal terms the violence that occurred as well as the offensive film at the center of the conflict. Those present at last night's meeting came from a wide cross-section of Sydney's very diverse Muslim community. We acknowledge that the problem of disaffected youth cuts across all Australian communities and that more must be done to address their needs and problems. The Muslim community leadership plans to place greater focus on developing specific programs which could affect positive change amongst the youth. The community leadership does not any rallies that may be planned in the near future to protest against such insulting film. The community also plans to implement a level of governance to manage any future action that may be deemed necessary to deal with religious vilification and related matters. We call on members of the Muslim community to be vigilant and respond only to directives from reputable and established centres and mosques. Unfortunately, since Saturday, several hundred messages of outrage as well as hate have been received by Muslim organisations. There have also been threats made to people and property, which will be passed on to the authorities. We therefore call for calm and restraint and urge individuals to leave this matter in the hands of law enforcement agencies. So um, that was uh, Samir Dandan, Brother Samir Dandan from um, uh, President of LMA. Uh, he was uh, one of the people present at the press conference. Um, again, what usually happened with these things is you have, uh, for example, something happened. This happened over the last 10 years as well, you know, which we've seen. Some controversy happened. Some guy stabs some person, some guy says something wrong, whatever it is, right? And it just turns very ugly on all Muslims, that all Muslims are all of a sudden, you know, uh, Pa uh, painted in the same brush. Painted in the same brush. Thank you very much, mm. Amr. I'm an artist. Yeah, <laughs> you. very good artist. Uh, so, and, and then what Muslims have to do is they have to push off this thing. It becomes like a hot potato. Are you responsible for this? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's like a hot potato. Yeah. Carry on. Beautiful oh. metaphor. Well, that's exactly what it is because people push it around. Yeah. And then it's some a political hot potato. A political and uh, religious, I guess, hot potato. Okay. People start calling each other, you know, being bad Muslims. And this happened actually uh, once in an article, in one article that I read. This um, um, uh, journalist calls up a Muslim community leader, asks him, uh, what do you think of this issue? He says, one, two, three, four. She takes his uh, statements out of context. She calls another person, another community leader in Canberra, whose name I shall not uh, mention. Um, she asks him, what do you think? This and this and this. And he goes, oh, that's ridiculous. Whoever said that doesn't understand Islam. She says, well, that person said it. What is it? Okay, well, he's an idiot. They put all that stuff online. Muslims were made to fight with each other. When was this? This was um, after the Katmit incident. Wow. Yeah. So, and this was so clear. 
mm. that you know if these guys had been in communication with each other this would not have happened yeah. alhamdulillah now there is a level of maturity that all of the muslim leaders were able to get together most of most of the community leaders actually um, the majority of the them majority, wasn't. Definitely. i mean when you look at the joint statement you've got a lot of the organizations yes. at, 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 on, on board with the statement that yes, unequivocally so. uh, condemns the uh, and the so violence. what's really striking about that is the vehement rejection of that statement by a few, not many, but a few Muslims who have outright rejected it, insulted the leaders who made it in quite offensive terms. And that's really interesting to me because it's not like it's just one or two community leaders or community leaders of a particular persuasion. It's almost a blanket response from Muslim community leaders. There is something that was criticized a lot, which is that the, these leaders were not able to engage uh, with the community, mm. and they were not able to engage with the elements of the community that were um, involved in that uh, yeah. violence. Uh, and so they were blamed... So this is a common criticism raised. Yeah. yeah, so they were blamed, first of all, for not being able to see that violence coming, and they should have, uh, allegedly. And the second criticism is that they didn't engage the community when that happened. They engaged only the government and the media. Mm. Um, now, the, 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 uh, this press conference and the press conference that was held, that was held yesterday by uh, the, the, the Mufti and by other people as well, uh, it was uh, seen very positively uh, by many people, yeah. by m many non-Muslims as well, that the Muslim community stands against this sort of violence, even though they were, again, very strong in uh, uh, condemning the movie and the makers of the movie. I'm just going to read uh, very quickly um, a bit of the uh, statement uh, from the Mufti Dr. Ibrahim Muhammad about this movie and about the violence. So these are just a few bits for it, inshallah. The film made to insult the Prophet of Islam وسلم, is the beginning of a new model of hatred and misinformation that exploits freedom to assault all religious symbols. It will herald a spate of similar attacks on sick, sacred symbols in all religions. Religions, however, should be respected in, in, in the Islamic understanding. They are protected rights that should not be aggressed upon, thus strengthening the fabric of society and ensuring diversity of faiths and cultures. Um, also, just jumping to this, the, un the unwarranted actions of attacking innocent people, embassies and public property is a disservice and hijacking of the protest because it will turn us from victims to aggressors which is what the makers of this film want. Therefore, we strongly condemn all actions of violence and lawlessness that took place in Australia. To thwart the efforts of those vile individuals, our Australian Muslim youth have to protest in a civil manner that breaks no laws and threatens no one. Mm. So that was a little bit uh, of the uh, statement by the Mufti Dr. Rahim Muhammad. Um, and actually, he said something very interesting as well. What was um, that, Nolsen? Yeah, we're about, to, we're about to get into it now. <laughs> Thanks, bro. It's very kind of you to jump in like that. <laughs> Thanks, bro. It's very kind of you. Anyways, uh, so what he said was, these kids, because there was a lot of condemnation against these kids. And if you listen to Talkback Radio and all these, you know, crazy heads, they're talking about these criminals, these this and that. They should be sent back to where they came from, even though they were born here. So they're a product of this society. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was... Uh, where you send them back to? Oh, yeah. Get out of our city, back to your western suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so what the doctor said is that he said, these are our children, these are our families. And so it's not right to say, to ostracize them completely. Yeah. If there is a misunderstanding in their way of venting their anger, then this is something for us to fix, to work on. Yeah, and that's been something 
that feeling has been reflected, and I wouldn't say by the majority of people, but certainly by a few people, that instead these leaders have been distancing themselves, is a big word I've been hearing, distancing themselves from this um, minor few, which is really interesting considering obviously there's been a few sheikhs who have actually spoken specifically to the youths involved, sought them out um, and discussed their actions with them and that kind of thing. But obviously, you know, that kind of information, because it's a personal thing that they've the, the people particularly involved, obviously they're not going to talk about that in the public sphere and so therefore people assume it just hasn't happened rather than giving people, you know, 70 excuses. Yeah, um, look, the thing is there's been a lot of tension happening, a lot of anger and a lot of fear as well in the Muslim community because when mm. this happens, and this is very unfortunate and it's a very unhealthy um, phenomenon that the attacks mostly take place against women. Um, so um, that basically means that you know whether we're saying the right thing or the wrong thing, there is going to be a lot of Muslim women who are attacked, who are you know physically and verbally, and these things they just ruin. They don't ruin your day; they ruin like the whole month. In saying that, though, I personally, and I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I think the media response, personally, even from the very start was very balanced and quite fair. It, from the very start, the police commissioner was on TV saying only a very small minority of people protesting today got violent. The majority of those people there were peaceful. Um, there's been an awful lot of media presence from Muslims themselves writing their own take from it, and not just from one particular um, you know, way of thinking. Muslims with different opinions on both the protests, the legitimacy of the protests, and the response of the Muslim leaders. People from across the board have been writing about this kind of thing. And non-Muslims have also been writing in a way that, you know, ab talking about the issues of freedom of speech when it's applied unfairly, such as difference between, you know, um, laws against anti-Semitism and the fact that this is totally allowed. Um, and so, yeah, I would say the media response itself has not been too bad. And also, I really think that the most of mainstream Sydney is pretty over it. If nothing happens this... Inshallah. Yeah, if nothing really happens so. this weekend, then it, like the people I know who are not Muslim at university and that kind of thing don't really seem to be thinking much about it now that it's really been stabilized by the Muslim community. Inshallah, that's true. Inshallah, that's true. Um, and this is something that we can discuss over and over again about what exactly happened, what happened yeah. wrong, because I feel it's a very positive step that, inshallah, we're able to absorb it, not me, not we. I mean, the Muslim community leaders were able to absorb it rather than just leave it to explode and just, you know, keep dragging this carcass uh, week in, week out. They were very uh, proactive at the beginning to uh, to make yeah. sure that they uh, sort of nip it in the bud, so to speak. Yeah, inshallah. Um, finally, um, we've got also a snippet from uh, Sheikh Faiz. So there was a lot of claims as well and a lot of fears that these elements were coming from um, you know, um, an influence from Sheikh Faiz. And so what uh, Brother Ahmed Kilani from Muslim Village did was he went to him, he spoke to him in an interview that was 30 minutes. It was very enlightening, very uh, eye-opening as well. Uh, we're just going to play you a, uh, a few snippets from it as well. I'm going to straight out ask you, um, did you plan the protest rally last Saturday? I, in fact, had no idea of the protest. I myself received a message and... That was Friday night, and later on during that night, many individuals did call me and sought my advice whether I should attend the protest or not. Themselves? That's correct, yeah. and I told them not to go. Okay, okay. So you, that's the first you heard of it, was when you got the SMS? Uh, Absolutely. Message. Okay. And to my sudden shock, 
I heard about the protest and the 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 problems that occurred in the protest, which was absolutely shocking and against every facet and tenor of the Islamic teachings. Okay. So that was Sheikh Faiz from Muslim Village. Um, I mean, speaking to Ahmed Kilani from Muslim Village, um, it's cl- quite clear, or at least what Sheikh Faiz is saying, is that he had no hand in the, in the violence in the protest. Mm-hmm. Again, what we're talking about here is not the protest. The protest was not the problem. Um, them being angry was not the problem. Them screaming Allahu Akbar was not the problem. It's not something that I find effective, but them screaming is not the problem. The problem is the signs that were carried and the violence that was happening uh, between them and the police and actually any violence at all that was carried in there. Quite um, confusing as well that, you know, what? where did this come from? Where Who? did the violence come from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this is um, well, some really, some commentators yeah. some commentators are saying it was just uh, pent up uh, frustration. Well, lots of people are mm. saying you know it's really contextual. People are coming from situations of disadvantage. Um, there's a lot of defensiveness already built up there. On the other hand, a lot of people who've been charged ha- do have prior criminal records. Um, so the other line of arguments coming out is these are just angry youths. And, you know, when people say that, often people are like, oh, that's a really racist argument. But then I like think of where I used to live, where, you know, people had the best opportunities in the world. And teenage boys and boys in their young 20s were still going out and fighting and punching each other for very little reason or going out and vandalizing. So I don't think it necessarily... Actually, you know, violence doesn't have to come from a situation of dispossession. I um, like how you said con- contextualizing. 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 Yeah, there was a whole conference about it a couple of months ago. Uh, okay, so what we're going to do now, inshallah, is we're going to take a little break. This is an ishid that I used to listen to, and I really love it. It's famous by Masoud Curtis, but uh, there's also a uh, lesser-known uh, Emirati munshid. Uh, his name is Muhammad al Hasayan, and the nasheed is called... Uh, called... Uh, called... Called... What's it called? <laughs> Sorry. Does it have a name, Nassau? Yes, yes, it's called uh, Maulai. So we're going right. to play that, inshallah. What's it called again? And, uh, Maulai. Uh. And we're going to come back, inshallah, after the Nasheed. <laughs>
Nasheed actually has about 10 seconds of uh, free time, silence, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so we're back inshallah now and we're going to change things a little bit. We've got a uh, special guest here today inshallah, uh, brother uh, Hamza, not Hamza Yusuf, astaghfirullah. You keep telling me the plan, Hamza. Hamza Yusuf. Hamza Yusuf is going to come here. No, no, no. Is really? Clean, clean radio. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, no. Free, Fairfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not uh, today, inshallah. Uh, we have with us uh, brother Uthman Badr, who is media representative for Hizb Tahrir. Uh, and we're going to ask him a few questions. The thing is, I did not want this show to be one opinion. Um, there are some things that I disagree with and arise about, but uh, I just wanted there to be more than one opinion, inshallah. Uh, but we're going to grill the crap out of brother Uthman. And uh, I'm sure he can stand up to us, inshallah. Brother Atman, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you for. Hey, I'm asking. Oh, sorry, sorry, not yeah. steal your microphone. No worries. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Jazakallah khair, no worries. So, Brother Atman, it seems like at this time, 
There's a lot of tension, defensiveness and lashing out, especially within some elements of the youth. So what do you think about young people rejecting decisions made by the majority of the community leaders? And what do you think about them insulting those community leaders? I was quite a few questions there. I might yeah, start with sorry. the. That's all right. I might start with the um, the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's an obvious one that um, uh, insults insulting anyone is is uh, you know looked down upon in Islam and particularly uh, mashayikh or, or or leaders in the community. So that's a, that's I think that's a very clear answer. No one should be going down that path. Uh, the second last question, <clears throat> or really, I mean the the premise. The premise to that you mentioned in the beginning about lots of people being defensive and lashing out, uh, I think in this whole sort of scenario, we find that um, I think a lot of the focus has been on certain negative aspects, and I, and I mean this across the board. So even, I mean even with respect to this idea that Muslims uh, have reacted violently or this or that. And do you think that's the certain negative aspect that's been focused on? I think that's one of them. That's one of them. So, for example, in the media, we find the narrative is, and even some Muslims have 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 sort of pushed this that Muslims have reacted in the wrong way. But the reality is, ninety five percent of Muslims have reacted in the right way. Ninety nine point nine nine. Probably that's yeah. <laughs> you're right, actually. So it's the same thing. I, I don't think again. I, I would question the premise that youth have been lashing out or doing this or that. Um, as for community decision, I think that's a much more trickier area. I think we've yeah. had a show in the past here about about leadership and unity, and you know we know what happens in Ramadan. So I think that issue really, there's a deeper question there. Who who are the leaders in the community? Um, you know, what are the mechanisms of decision making and are they binding or not? And these are much deeper questions that uh, require their own time. Absolutely. What do you think is a good way for Muslims to respond to that video? I think there should be a strong uh, response. Uh, of course, it should be intellectual and political. What I mean by that is, you know, intellectually that means raising awareness about who the Prophet was, um, uh, telling people, you know, in the UK people gave out biographies of the Prophet and that's a very good idea. At the same time, I think a strong political response is very important as well, protesting. I think there should be protests. And again, I think there were protests in the Muslim world and by and large they were peaceful um, and they did communicate the message, but there were elements here and there that the outcome of which was not desirable. And I think the focus has gone there, which is unfortunate. But I think it's important because, I mean, the alternative view is, look, uh, we should just ignore it for a number of reasons, which maybe we can touch upon. But I think what that would do is we have to think about where that's going to lead. So so what would be the ramifications of ignoring it? That's right. Well, the ramifications would be, in the end, people would become more audacious and it would become commonplace in the West. I mean, in the West, at a starting point, there is no real sacred as such and the way we find Jesus, or Isa alayhi salam, uh, ridiculed or satirized commonly, uh, it would say what happened with, with the Prophet sallallahu but, but don't you think that uh, this is what they really wanted, to get a, to get that response by, by posting something very progo- prog- uh, provocative? I mean, that depends. Um, but again, this is a separate issue. Sure. I think if we ignore, that's the path we're looking at, and we have to consider that. As for what they intended from this... Um, they, I think they intend to provoke. They do intend to provoke. And that's why there needs to be a reaction, but not this type. So I don't think, I don't, I don't think the intentive, the motivation was to get Muslims to be violent. Um, and that you wouldn't be able in a position to achieve that in the first place. But I think it was to provoke, but we have to consider our position. So there's a, that's, there's a position of the one who is instigating, but then there's our position. 
what's what's what is the position of Islam when the Prophet be insulted? What are we meant to do? What are our various options? What would the what, what, what would the outcomes be if we took option A and not B or C? So from that perspective, I think the motivation of the instigator is not all that relevant, um, and, and and even and it's in also within the scope of speculation as to what what exactly it was. Absolutely. In terms of your response just then, I noticed you said we could, you know, we need a political response such as protesting. The other option is to ignore it. But is it really a choice of those two options? Would not another response to be engaged in positive dawah, like you mentioned, um, distributing out, yeah, the, the, the biographies? Yeah. And what would be, what is the outcome of protesting? Like, what what is hopes? What is the best case outcome? Okay. Um. Well, I mean. As you said, as I mentioned, I mentioned intellectual and political. So I'm saying it needs to be two pronged. Mm. The, 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 but the, we have to appreciate that they achieve different objectives. So the da'wah achieves the objective of, uh, you know, getting the message out there amongst the grassroots, amongst non-Muslims in the society. That's something we should be doing anyway. But I think this gives us another reason, another excuse, even, to do that. Uh, and I think that needs to be done. But that's not the response that I think is imp- that is required politically at the political level, and that's because. Again, I think if we can touch upon this perhaps a bit later, that if we look at the context, it's more than an individual. It's more than an individual. And if we appreciate that, then you, you understand why, why there needs to be a political response. As to what it achieves, that's a good question. A lot of people ask that, you know, what do you achieve when you go out and protest? You shout, you, you scream. But I mean, you... I don't mean protesting in general. I mean, this specific, in Australia, protesting this film, what is achieved by doing that? Well... I think we can talk about the film when we come to the question uh, yeah. uh, later on about uh, you know the context of the film. But the question about protesting anywhere, I think, is, is, is the same idea. What do you achieve when you go out there? Um, I think we have to appreciate here that a lot is achieved, but just because it's not practical or tangible, people sometimes don't give it its due recognition. Um, you know, For example, a lot of time politicians are merely testing the waters. They'll do something. For example, we saw in the past, you know... Uh, Politicians testing the waters as to the burqa ban. And if you're quiet, you ignore it, you can just say, oh, look, the mainstream politicians, they're not with this. They're trying to test you. Or you can show them it's a signal, it shows a signal. That's one thing. The other thing I think very important from the Islamic perspective, if you if you notice, for example, the, the hadith of Prophet ﷺ, that whosoever of you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he can't, then with his tongue. And we have to appreciate that you don't change a thing with your tongue. But you what just, does it mean? See, the thing is, I want you to be very clear on this because sure. when you say with with his hand, yep. there are people out there who understand that with his hand means with violence. Uh, no, is this what you mean? In this context, I'm talking about the second part of the hadith. You've got to be very careful about this, bro, and you've got to mention it specifically every time because we don't want to be, uh, you know, dancing on eggs. I don't know if that's an expression. Sending the wrong message. Sending the yeah, wrong yeah, message. Yeah, yeah. I think. Dancing on eggs. I don't think we should <laughs> underestimate. <Dancing on> <laughs> I don't think we should underestimate the intelligence of, of, of you know, Muslims and our no, youth. SubhanAllah, bro. Violence was, was uh, you know, uh, violence happened last weekend and there's a chance of violence happening this weekend. This is not about underestimating the uh, intelligence of the Muslim community. This is about being clear hmm. to everyone out there listening yep. that the violence is not something we're talking about in the last week or in this week. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And I think, I think we're going to come to that. But the question asked was the point of a protest. Yes. And I'm saying that, yeah, you may not see a tangible result but if we look to the example of the Prophet he's telling us if you can't change something by your hand, then change it by your tongue. So the point of a pro- one of the points of a protest is to change something by your tongue, i.e. to speak out against it. And we know one of the key tenets of our religion is to forbid the evil. Again, forbidding the evil is not changing it, it's merely speaking out against it. Yep. And the benefit that has is once you speak out against it, 
you know, you, you create that awareness, you, you create the platform where you can then work towards doing whatever is within your capacity to actually changing it. Um, a lot of commentators have noticed, uh, noted that uh, the violence that occurred in the weekend, um, it should be underst- understood within a context of dispossession and uh, disadvantage. Uh, one very good um, article by Michael Muhammad Knight um, was comparing the sensitivity of the West towards the protests um, as a, a, a schoolyard bully who punches you in the face, breaks your jaw, swears at your mother, and then is upset that you're, you know, very angry from him swearing at your mother. That it's, a, you know, a continuous cycle of, of oppression, um, direct and indirect, uh, that leads to this sort of anger. Yeah. But by saying this, uh, there is sort of an understanding that this explanation or this this outcome uh, outlook excuses the violence. It exonerates those who act violently by saying that, well, they've got the right to be violent because of this and this and this. Um, so does this actually uh, mean that those people who talk like this or who, who give this uh, point of view, including uh, yourself, mm. does that mean that you condone the violence that happened? Do you give it any sort of... Um, credibility or um, um, validity? Look, absolutely not. I mean, I think that's just one of the excuses used by by media and by politicians to, to, to push the focus away. And that's why, for me, that's really the question. Where do you want to put the focus? And what you find, for example, in my, in my, I've had many media interviews on this issue and I brought out the real issues, but I also said in almost every single one that we don't condone violent protest. And so and when... That's never put out there, is it? No, well, well, in the live interviews it is because they can't change it. Okay. But... And even in others, they did put it out. But the point is, when they come back and say, well, as soon as you say that, you're justifying it. The point is, they don't want those issues to be raised. And that's why we have to we have to work even stronger and, and even more uh, diligently to make sure that the focus is on those issues. Otherwise, what's the alternative, right? You, you keep trying to... You keep trying to make sure that, no, no, we're against the violence, we're against violence, we do this, we condemn that. In the end, you've lost the whole point. The whole point was that that, that analogy you used, the bully has gotten away with it. Because as soon as you, you mention his bullying, people say, oh, we're justifying the, 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 you know, the meager response of the person that was bullied. So, yes, we need to be out there saying that we don't condone violent protests, but that sh- really, for me, that should be the footnote to uh, m- pushing the focus back onto where it really needs to go because even from the t- even from the angle of working for a solution you know, are think, we interested in a solution or are we interested in really in commentating on an event i think um something that um is is not um maybe not understood or not noticed by a lot of the people who take this argument is the fact that there is a real danger out there of a very strong uh, backlash against the Muslim community. Now we can talk about how this, um, you know, what in- this indicates about Australian society. This is something that we can talk about later on. Mm. But at this point, is it not clear that if we don't contain the issue and absorb it um, while not forgetting the other issues, just focusing on these issues at this stage, mm. we're saving the Muslim community a lot of harm? Look, you can look at it that way, um, and, and there might be a validity to that argument, but I think again, the question is. Okay, there's a harm out there. Who's this harm from? There's a certain section of the wider community that is not that rational. They, they may be emotional. They will, res- they will respond to what they saw emotionally. But the point here is, let's say the whole community, you know, or a large part of the community condemns and be very, very clear. But these people, are not, they're not going to say, oh, you know what, the Muslim community is, they're all condemning it, so that things are fine now. They're going to say, what they do say, there's radicals and there's moderates, or there's radicals and there's the rest of the people. Okay, you guys are fine, but these guys are not. And we're going to respond anyway. So my point is, we have to put our finger on where that Islamophobic element comes from. Does it come from the fact that 
all the Muslims are not condemning and you know coming in line as the media and the politicians want them to be? Or is it because there's underlying factors? There's racism, there's you know uh, the environment is created because of media, the constant attention on Islam, negative attention. Is it because of that? So if we can if we can pinpoint the drivers, then we can start talking about okay, how do we how do we deal with this uh, most appropriately? And this is actually something that's very interesting about how to gauge the the uh, I guess the Islamophobia or the uh, you know non-Muslim Australians um, uh, capability of understanding who's good and who's not. Uh, mm. And inshallah, we're going to do a show in the future uh, about addressing these issues about engaging with these communities and talking to them about this how effective it is that the you know uh, media uh, the, the muslim leadership's media engagement is or not uh sorry amar um i interrupted you so i'll just let you ask your question now i don't know i just wanted to ask uh brother osman if um do you agree with the labels but from the media how, how they label us like uh okay you've got a moderate and you've got um the other side of the, the spectrum. Do you agree with the labels? Absolutely how? not. No, absolutely yeah. not. And that's why I, I I always avoid those labels when I'm doing media interviews. And in most of our most of our dawah, we seek to avoid those sort of labels because they're designed to divide the community. Um, but my point was that from the angle of the of this, you know, the non-Muslim from whom the danger comes, even with non-Muslims, we don't want to generalize. There are there's, there's a portion out there that the, that the danger comes from. They for them, that's how they look at it. Right, so some of them believe Islam is the problem, others believe, you know, yeah, Muslims are good, Islam is peace, but it's only some of them and others are not. So they use these labels. We have to understand how they use them, but for us, we, we need to reject them and, and not uh, not give them any legitimacy because they don't have legitimacy as far as Islam is concerned. Uh, do you think that the focus of uh, the real issue that is the offence on the video has um, implicitly encouraged people to to protest? Um, to protest uh, violently and emotionally is a, is a good choice? No, again, look, I don't think those people who are going to go down the path of violence on either side are waiting there and, and, and you know dissecting arguments and seeing who's saying what and waiting for press releases. Really, that's not the drivers of any of this. Uh, and therefore, for us, we need, to, we need to keep that in mind and we need to consider everything. Again, there's two options here. We can either make everything about the potential response and the image of the community or we can consider the whole thing. In the end, there's all the, there's there's the Muslim brothers here that are being uh, dealt with in a wrong way. What happened to their presumption of innocence? What happened to, you know, the fact that they should be given a fair trial before everyone says that they're wrong? Uh, you know, what happened to police provocation and making sure that this is investigated properly? Who started the violence? So we have to consider all of that, and uh, and I think that's very important. Uh, bro, just um, this question, I, I want to make it very clear that uh, the major I mean, all of the Muslim leadership or 99.99% of the Muslim leadership out in Australia have advised against going to any protest this weekend. Um, there was also a, uh, a viral text message uh, campaign going out about some da'wah um, um, campaigns in, in uh, Parramatta and in, in uh, uh, Town Hall in, in Sydney CBD. Um, these places have been contacted. There's nothing um, organized in that way. So this is probably just a provocation or, uh, you know, a trap to get people in there to get some sort of trouble happening. Um, this is the time, I think there was a hadith, Prophet says, if the, the fitna comes to your cities, then lock yourselves at home and cry for your mistakes. I don't know what if this is a sahih hadith or not. Um, but <laughs> yes, I can see Uthman is not happy with that hadith. No, no, no. I just think what, I'm, what I'm saying here is, 
don't go to the city. Don't go to Parramatta. It's not going to be something positive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just going to bring problems with it because that's what these uh, protests are planned for today. They're not planned for a protest, planned for a riot, a uh, big um, trouble in Little China. And sort even of. if they're not planned on the Muslim side, in, if, even if they are planned peacefully, certainly non-Muslim response of a certain section of the non-Muslim community is for a violent response, no matter what the Muslims are planning. So um, uh, this is something that I also want you to address as well. Uh, in your opinion, uh, should it be that um, the, the Muslim community or any of the Muslim community should go to any protests this weekend? We're not talking about general protests. That's yeah, everybody's yeah. Uh, choice. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree. I think it's very important that we, uh, even, when, even when we say we should protest, we say responsibly and you have to be responsible. So, for example, if there's a... If there's you know messages going around that uh, non-Muslims are going to get Muslim dogs and do all this and that, having a counter rally to that is very irresponsible. You know you're gonna it's gonna lead to the wrong thing. Having said that, I think it's very important that we don't. And this is why I was smiling when you said that because I, I think we're blowing things out of proportion here to some extent by implying that sort of a hadith or these things. For example, the Parramatta example. I know the brothers who come out Parramatta they're all every week is just the dawah table, and they've been doing it for a while. So this is not. I'm so talking about a, a viral text message I that, campaign. I, I saw that text message, and I know the brothers sent it, and they've been doing this for the last three or four months. So oh, that's my point. We we can cast our net very wide because we're alarmed, uh, and get everyone inside this and say no protest, no this, no that. I think that's uh, it's overreacting. But yes, do your response. Be very responsible. Know if you want to do something. What else is happening? And consider the implications because in the end, you want to get a message across. You don't want to create more chaos and havoc okay we've actually got about two minutes so inshallah going to ask this very question from sister hanan hamza uh this is on the facebook page do you think that the muslims gave this film free advertising do we always have to give these vile things oxygen isn't there a time that we should uh, not respond and ignore this is something else that's very interesting the fact that the movie when it first showed it had about five thousand or so views now it has 10 million views within a week it is more popular than the rebecca black friday video <laughs> And I think the point of the question is, do you think there is ever a time, whether it is this time or another time, is there ever a time when we should not respond, we should just ignore it? I think there is. I think absolutely there is. But you're only, you're only able to dif- distinguish between the times that you should ignore and the time you should not when you take everything into account. Uh, and I think we haven't been able to get to the question about the, the real bigger issues. And once we consider that, then I think we can. But yeah, you know, if someone, some loony in Australia does something, they have done it in the past, we don't need to respond. But even on this question, right, advertising for the movie, is it because the Muslims reacted or is it because the media picked up on that reaction and spilled it everywhere? Who, 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 Chicken who? or egg. Yeah, that's right, right? So, I mean, I've given an example with some of my interviews of incidents in Perth that took place very, very similar objectively to what happened in Sydney, but no one knows about that. Even in Australia, most people won't know about that. So is it because of the individuals Look, or is it because um, of With the all media? due respect, I think a lot of people out there are not going to agree with you. The fact is, over the years, over the last 30 years, from the satanic verses until now, mm. many of these things that came out, people did not notice it until Muslims started burning stuff and being angry. And now, I'm not going to um, you know, try and justify all of these or to, to give these uh, actions context, but the fact is, a lot of non-Muslims out there would not have known that some guy wrote a book about some prophet or something, unless... Had they had seen the burnings and the violence and the actions and the fatwas and all things, and this is part of that. Yep, uh, look, I agree with that, but I'm I'm just saying you have to be able to distinguish between. Otherwise, what we're saying is we have to ignore every single time, and if it's not that, I think that's not the right approach. We should be able to distinguish and say, look, this one needs a response and needs a strong response in this manner, 
and this other this other one we should just ignore it and it's not worth our time we need to be able to do those have that sort of uh, you know distinguishing approach Jazakumullah khairan thank you very much bro oh, yeah, unfortunately and uh, i say this with with real genuine dis- disfortune regret disfortune uh, <laughs> okay um, we have come to the end of our show and I actually would have liked to increase this uh, show to an hour and a half but apparently I mean um, for some reason the, the Arab listeners love listening to the Arab news so I have to give them that um, so I'd like to say Jazakallah khair and thank you to brother Uthman Badr respectman for Hizb Tahrir and thank you for your very considered responses and thank you also yeah, for very uh, your very considered responses uh, for coming in today and uh, again this is something that's very important we have to uh, give uh, genuine advice to all our listeners, to all the brothers out there. Don't go to the CBD for any protest or for even Parramatta CBD, if you call that a CBD in Parramatta. Uh, don't go to these places. Um, you're only bound to, uh, to find trouble there. Uh, I'd also like to thank our co-host uh, Amr uh, Sari for uh, co-hosting with us. Thank you for putting up with, putting up with me again. No, no, we, we'd love to have you, bro. You're part thank of the you. show, inshallah. And also to Anaroz Zayed. Thank you, Anaroz. Thank you. And uh, finally, from the uh, host of the show, Nasr Khatib, we thank you again for listening and uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alchemy is an ancient practice associated with science, chemistry, physics, astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, metallurgy, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic.